GoBirds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Elliot Short Parks, James Seltzer with you. And Elliot, what a difference a week makes. What a difference winning a game 44 to 6 makes, even against the worst team in the league. How you doing, buddy? Look, it's been a while since I've been able to cover a playoff team that's in contention, <laughs> right? I mean, you think of last year being at the NovaCare wasn't the same. There was never games with real playoff implications, I guess. Which is year, funny because there were as bad as they were last year. They even yes, had there were, the division. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but uh, no, look, I mean, we kind of ended the post game pod by saying this, and I think it's true. Like, things change really, really quickly in the NFL. Uh, I mean, not only did the Eagles beat the. Uh, Lions, but the Vikings lost, right? And you look the at Cooper the playoff Rush picture at the, home. The Panthers are the seven seed. The Eagles beat them. So, you know, it's just I it's I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's why I love covering this league. Things change really quickly. And uh I think they change legitimately quickly. So Yeah. It look, I didn't think about it when we were recording the button. I thought it was look, you're absolutely right to say things change quickly. I mean, you know, year after year after year after year we see this stuff where Teams either seem like they're out of it or seem horrible. And then, I mean, again, just the fact we've talked about it just with the Eagles alone. They lost that that Saints game 45-7 to that year, 48-7. Yep. to And we're just look like completely a, a, an, a, one of the worst teams in football. And yet they they made the playoffs that year. You know, we've we've seen it where, where it's, it's one of those things where it just feels all is lost. And it is not lost. And especially with the longer season and all that. But, look, I, I think it's a really interesting discussion because when we were talking on Sunday, I didn't. I didn't put it together, and granted, the Vikings hadn't played yet, but I didn't put it together until Monday morning until, you know, we're talking about it and stuff that 
Eagles are only a game out of a playoff spot, as horrible as this has been. And I've been talking about firing the coach, and and we've all been talking about the coach isn't good enough, the quarterback isn't good enough, the roster isn't good enough. And a lot of that stuff I still believe, but it is crazy to think about when you look at the teams in front of them. Like a bad team is going to make the playoffs. Like the well, only, multiple bad teams. Yeah, are multiple, make the multiple. Yeah. Right. Yeah, especially the Saints at five and two look you know in good shape, but but who knows what that was going to happen? Quarterback Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, all that. So like. It's one of those things Phillip where Rivers. Phil, it could be Philip Rivers. We don't know. You know, it's it's and look, Russell Wilson coming back to the Seahawks at some point. That makes that an interesting team. Like there's a lot of layers to this and all that. But you, you do have to I, I again, I do not think the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. Talk to me if they beat the Chargers on Sunday. Maybe we're talking about a different discussion and stuff. But I do think that it is not crazy to at least bring the subject up. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. And look, I, a lot of the pushback that you get and, you know, I talk to just talking to people, seeing on Twitter, like, let's be honest, like your show talks about it a lot here and John Ritchie's points, who I have obviously great respect for. Like a lot of the points are, well, they're not a playoff team. And if they're going to make it, they're going to lose anyway. But like by that logic, then why don't we just have like, there are only like what, three or four teams should make the playoffs. Like maybe just do it like baseball. Does it then, right? <laughs> and, even, and even baseball has the, uh, you know, the wild card play in game now. Like the reality is if the Eagles make the playoffs as a seven seed and we're far away away from that. Right. But if they make it as a seven seed teams, like the Panthers, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the bears, like those teams are going to be wishing that they were in that Eagle spot. Like they'll, I think there'll be a discussion that'll say, well, you know, they made it, but they still suck. And like, they're probably just gonna lose anyway, but there'd be teams that would kill to be in that spot. So I do think it's uh it's good that they have something to play for. I think it's good that the NFL did it because ultimately it's just more interesting the longer your team is in it, right? I mean, in other past years, if they were lose on Sunday, they'd be three and six. I'm like, oh, well, it's over. And we're talking draft for like another six weeks before the season even ends, right? So I ultimately do like more playoff teams making it, to your point. Once you're in, who knows? Like in 2019, the Eagles got in as a last second wild card, right? Back their way in. And if Carson doesn't get hurt, I think they might win that game. Like Carson was playing well. They were hot. They were at home. They they kind of kept it close even without Carson. And the so, year before, too. The year before, they, they yeah, the needed – yeah. They Speaking of, of the Vikings and the Bears, they needed the Bears to win that meaningless game for them against the Vikings to even make the playoffs. And then they go beat the Bears. They almost beat the Saints. We were talking about what happens if they win that Saints game if Alshon doesn't drop the ball – you know, you're right. Like, and again, I do not think that's happening this year. I want to make it very clear. I have a lot more faith in Nick Foles than I do in Jalen Hurts. I have a lot more faith in Doug Peterson than I do in Nick Sirianni right now. But, but it does show that that you can feel a, a, one way about a team at a certain point, and and six weeks later, eight weeks later, it can be a very different situation. Well, let's. I mean, let's look at the real quick. So, I'm, I have the playoff picture pulled up on NFL.com. So, Packers obviously better. Although, I mean, definitely better for sure. But this Aaron Rodgers thing, we'll see how that. Yeah, I mean, like they're talking, it season. could get suspended. I mean, who knows? It's it's an interesting situation. But I, I agree. Right. I think the Packers are better. Yeah, definitely better. Packers are better. Cardinals are better. Cowboys are better. Bucks are better. Rams, Rams are better. Yep. Like after that, I mean, I guess the Saints are better. Although they don't have a quarterback they now. Have a, so I think the Saints. You know, I mean, I I think the Saints roster wise, and look, they still beat the Bucks after losing Jameis early in that yeah. game. Like. I think the Saints' defense is, like, legit, legit, and I think their roster is pretty legit. But agree, look, we've seen many teams many times lose their quarterback and fall apart. Yeah, so I would say that they're probably better, but, you know, Panthers, the Eagles beat the Panthers. 
The Vikings, I don't think are that good. They just lost to the Cowboys without Dak. I think Eagles are in that conversation. Eagles played right there with the 49ers. Eagles beat the Falcons. See, the Seahawks don't have Russell Wilson. So, like, again, are the Eagles a good team right now? No, they're not a good team right now. But they are in the playoff contention. Like, they just factually are. To say that, you know, you're wasting your time talking about the playoffs, it's it's not true. Like, they might not make it. Like, that's definitely possible. Like, people could be correct. They might not make the playoffs. You could be right that they might not make the playoffs. But what you're also saying is true is that they are still in it. And it is an absolute discussion. And if you're Sirianni, it's absolutely what you should be pushing and talking about and saying that these games matter. Like, you want the roster to play for something. You don't want the collection of players on the roster to feel like they have nothing to play for. So I, I think it's absolutely the right thing to be talking about the playoffs. Yeah, and look, that's why, and we'll get to to kind of previewing this game in a little bit, but that's why this game is is so interesting and really a pivot point for this team. I mean, you could look at their schedule and whether you want to say the Chargers or the Saints, like one of those two teams is the best team left on their schedule, not including Dallas the last week of the season, which there is a chance, depending on how playoff seeding shakes out, where that game doesn't mean anything to Dallas. We don't know. We'll see how that all shakes out. But, you know, other than Dallas, who is great, as we talked about, like the, either this game against the Chargers or two weeks from there in the Saints, both games in Philly, are their two hardest games left on the schedule for sure. Now, the question is, you know, this Eagles team, I don't think they're that much better than the Giants or Washington or whatever. I think they could absolutely lose one of two to those type of teams and stuff. So it is, yeah, they you could know, lose to anybody. They anyway. could lose to any, exactly. But with their schedule, they could also win any game. And that's what's such a fascinating spot about this game. And look, also to your point, and we'll get to the game, but to your point you just made about, you know, I'm still conflicted. Like, I I watch this team, as we always talk about, I watch them, and in the moment I want them to win no matter what. I can't, I just can't flip that switch. It is what it is, you know? But, but I can step back after a game or before a game and say, hey, like, you know, there are, I, I see both sides of it. Because I do think you make good points with the importance of, of playoff experience of 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 playing in big games and down the stretch and all that stuff. I think it all matters. I don't diminish that. But I also, as someone who wants Howie Roseman gone, who doesn't have a ton of faith in this coaching staff so far and all that stuff, I I wonder what is best for this team in the long run. I, I don't know for sure that making the playoffs and likely anything can happen, but likely getting beat in the first round. I don't know if that is better than potentially getting rid of Howie Roseman or potentially moving on from the wrong coaching staff or the wrong quarterback or having a higher draft pick or whatever. There's so many like factors to this that make it really complicated. It, on a basic level, gut, I want them to win. I want more games that matter. I want a playoff game. Like That's easy. Like Gut instinct is I want the Eagles to win. It is inherent in me. It is, it is who I am. But, you know, what do you say? Because you have been very, very staunch on playoff experience. This stuff matters more than the other stuff. You know, but talk to the people because I don't think I'm alone. I don't think I'm alone as a conflicted Eagles fan right now who wants them to win games, wants more fun, especially after last year's just, you know, earmuffs, one, two, three, shit show of a season and how not fun that was the entire way through. Like, I want fun. I'm rooting for fun. But I'm conflicted with all these other things. What do you, someone who has been very strong in his position on this, say to those Eagles fans? Yeah. So let me start by saying I was very into the process. Like when the Sixers did the process, I was into it. It was the right thing to do. I still believe it ultimately worked out, even though I don't think the Sixers are going to win a title with this core. Like they need to bring somebody else in. But ultimately, what I'm saying is I do understand the benefit of losing. Like I thought – 
tanking in week 17 last year was the right thing to do. And it clearly was like they had got a higher pick because of it. They, they're going to have an extra pick because of it next year's draft. Like it was the right decision. But in this case, I don't think there's a benefit in the NFL of long-term tanking over multiple weeks. Like for one game, yes, I think it's worth it for, you know, two games or whatever at the end of the season. But to, to tank these next nine games, like to, 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 you know, hope they lose against the Jets. I know. Yeah, ta- don't say, because look, the Eagles aren't tanking the games. But that's it's what more, it's, it's take, more though, a fan, but like, no, but more like from a fan perspective, wanting them to lose. It's a little different. I don't well, think the Eagles are agreed. going to tank the games. Well, but wanting to lose, like if you're an Eagles fan that wants them to lose, and I think the way you put it is, is true. Like that's probably how a lot of people feel. They don't want the team to lose because inherently that's, they've rooted for them their whole life. Like they can't want them to lose when they're watching but they might think it's the right thing to do. Correct. But here's what I would say to that. Like this Eagles team is not going to only win like one more game, right? Like who knows? I mean, I guess anything's possible. No, but you're right. It's unlikely. I I feel really good about my seven and 10 on that line for what it's worth. Yeah. Like honestly, you might be right. Like seven and 10. I think if they just like played out, if they, if they didn't improve as a team and just played the same level they have this way so far, I think they're still probably winning three or four more games. So you're you're not going to – I don't think the Eagles are going to end up being like a top six pick on their own. Like, So really what you're saying is I would rather – not you, but like this general people we're talking to. You would rather have them pick like you know, 13th or 12th instead of like 17th or 18th. Like that's really what we're talking about here because they have the Dolphins. The Dolphins pick. The Dolphins pick is going to be inside the top three. It very well might be the number one overall pick. They have the pick coming from the Colts, which I think is either going, I believe is going to be a first round pick, but even if it's not, it's going to be a pick inside of the top 40 more than likely, right? So they have enough draft assets where they don't have to have, if they only had one pick, then I'd say, you know what? Like, that's true. Like, it's better to pick at seven or eight than it is at 18. Like, that's definitely true. But when you combine the draft stock that they already have that has nothing to do with their record, like the Dolphins pick has nothing to do with the Eagles record, the Colts pick has nothing to do with their record. If you combine those two assets with the fact that realistically, I mean, the strength of schedule, I'm looking at it right now, only only three teams have an easier schedule the rest of the way. The other teams that are in playoff contention around the Eagles, the Vikings have the fourth hardest schedule. The Vikings Panthers schedule have the is hardest. tough, man. I was looking at it today. The Vikings get they have the Ravens, they got the Rams, they got right. the Chargers, they got the Packers twice. They got a tough schedule. Right. So like the Vikings schedule is tough. The Panthers schedule is is the fifth in the league, fifth toughest. 49ers, sixth toughest. Uh the Falcons. I mean, yeah, just 11. that division alone being in the West is tough for yeah. the Niners. Yeah, so, totally. Like the Eagles, more than likely, unless it completely falls apart, with neither neither of us seem to think that it's going to do, are going to be in the playoff hunt come week 16, 17, 18. Like the schedule bears it out, right? So, so go ahead. So what you're really asking as a fan is would I rather them win like two less games? That's basically the difference of See, what they're probably going to be. Real quick, I think you're missing you the important part of this. I don't think the higher draft pick is the biggest reason. I think that the the biggest reason fans and you know are conflicted is they want Howie Roseman gone. Like I think that is the biggest reason that people are conflicted. I know certainly the what we hear on WIP, it's that. I don't want Howie to be justified. I don't want them to think, oh, you know, we're good with Howie. Let's keep rolling. Like, I think people want nails in Howie's coffin when it, you know, comes to the Eagles, so to speak. And I think that, that is, I think the draft pick part is part of it and it's an add on. But I think that most Eagles fans are conflicted. The ones who are conflicted, at least, are conflicted because they want Howie Roseman gone and they don't see a path to that other than losing. So, 
I understand that, right? And I said that if they lost the Lions, the person I would fire is Howie, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I understand, I think his should be the first job that it lo is lost. I would fire him before I would fire Sirianni. I would fire him before I would, you know, like completely move on from Jalen. Like, I think Howie's fingerprints are all over this. And if it fails, he deserves to be the one to go. So I'm not saying keep Howie no matter what. But I also think there's two ways to look at this that I, I think, bet, you know, point to that that you should hope for, the, for them to win. One, Howie's probably not getting fired. Like, let's just be real here, right? Like, yeah. unless they lose every single game the rest of the season, even then he might not be fired. But the chances of Howie being fired are less than like 10%, if, if even that, right? So, there, so there's that reality that I think we all probably know deep down. But the other part of this is, even if you think Howie's done a bad job, and we've debated that for months and months about how bad of a job, plus whatever, blah, blah, blah. I, I think if you're an Eagles fan, the best thing you can hope is that they do a good job moving forward, right? Like, it is going to be tough to hire a new head coach if they fire Nick Sirianni. It's always find, hard to find a quarterback. And people don't want to hear this, but, like, finding somebody to replace Howie also will not be easy. We can debate, again, how bad of a job Howie's done, but Howie has one of the best resumes in the NFL as a general manager. So if you're an Eagles fan, like, the best thing this team could do is win out, like, you know, or, or go, like, 7-2 and two or whatever, because that means the players Howie picked are playing better. That means the head coach that he had a hand in hiring is doing a good job. That means Jalen Hurts, the quarterback that he picked in an incredibly reckless decision, is playing good, right? So, yes, I understand, the, the, like, the, the thirst for blood and the thirst for, like, you know, they've been bad and someone needs to be punished for this. Like, I get that. But ultimately, it's not productive for this team to have to completely hire an entire new team, like a new head coach, general manager, quarterback. And so I think what you have to hope is against an easy schedule, they get things rolling, they get going, and the players that Howie brought in play well. Like that's the easiest path to, to moving forward. I, I, I agree. That's the the hopeful best case. And, you know, like we said going into the season, like the best thing that can happen for the Eagles is that Jalen Hurts proves that he should be the guy, that Nick Sirianni proves that he's the guy. Because then you've got that taken care of and you can use your draft picks to, to fix the defense to this to that whatever the 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 worry i think with what you're saying and the, the potential for that is that they're just good enough right like that sirianni and hurts the combination of the coaching staff and hurts or whatever are good enough to get to nine and eight or good enough to you know go on a little run and get to ten and seven which again i don't think is gonna happen but but i think that's a fear of people is that they're going to you know, kind of make the organization think that they're better than they are when, you know, we want the best. We want the best head coach in the league. We want the best quarterback in the league. We want to be a, a dynasty for years and years and years. And obviously, you know, that's, you know, pie in the sky. And it's, it's, but it's, right. it's the, the, doesn't idea, really happen in the of NFL. course. But like, the, the ideal the Chiefs, right? is you get a, a fran, a real franchise quarterback, a real franchise head coach, and you're competing for the Super Bowl every year for a, a, a certain period of time, right? Like that's the, what they're trying to do right Correct. now. And, and the concern, I think, and I'm not saying that I'm there or whatever, but the concern is that if Sirianni and Hertz do just enough where they're good enough, where it's like there's, there's positive momentum, but ultimately aren't good enough that I think that's a concern. What, what do you say to that? Well, look, Larry, let's, let's talk through that. All right. Yeah. Cause I, I agree with that, with that concern, right? Like you don't want to be to bring the NBA reference up again. You don't want to always be a six seed, yep. right? Like you don't yep. want to be like qualifying for the playoffs, but not bad. You don't want to be the, this, the Andy Dalton, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Right. So, all right. Let, so let's say they make the playoff as the seven seed. Cause realistically, that's probably the best they're going to do. Yes. They're not going to be the six seed. Let's most, say they make it as a seven most seed. likely not the six seed. Correct. Right. So that would mean in a division or a conference with 16 teams, they were the seventh best team. So the teams below them 
in theory, would, would be worse than them, right? And if you look at those teams, I don't think any of them are like closer to being what you want the Eagles to be. So ultimately, if they make the playoffs, to your point, like you're right, they're not in the same class as the Packers, the Cardinals. Honestly, they're not in the same class as the Cowboys. When you look at the Cowboys oh, roster, def- that, definitely like, not. Definitely not. Yes, definitely yes. not. Right? I just like, not close. Hard to hear, I know. So I no, to- hey, I I gotta be real, right? I'm not gonna like stick my head in the sand. Like I've said it before. I'll right. say, I think Dallas is a, a real Super Bowl contender. I think Dak's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the only thing holding them back is their coach. Right. So I think there's only five teams in the NFC that you can say like the Eagles are not in their class whatsoever. But I also don't think that making the playoffs means that other teams are going to pass them in the quest to be that, right? So, like, I don't think the Saints are much closer to a championship than the Eagles are because they don't have a quarterback, like, at all, right? So I don't think they are. I don't think the Panthers are. The 49ers, I think Kyle Shanahan's a loser, but you could maybe convince me because of Trey Lance and, like, they have that potential. But there's just not a lot of teams that I think are in better position than the Eagles. So, like, I think the Eagles can qualify for the playoffs see what happens. But then again, because of the draft assets, still be ahead of a lot of teams in the conference in terms of rebuilding. Like the Eagles are way closer to to winning than the Giants or Washington are right now, I think, personally. I would agree with you, actually, yes. Okay, and you didn't think that before the season. No, No, I didn't. I don't see a lot of teams in the NFC where I can point to and say, unless they're already really good, like the five teams we agree are really good, like that that I would point to and say, oh yeah, this is a great up-and-coming team. And the Eagles have the assets to do it. So I think you can kind of do both at the same time while also feeling where that you're you're in a good position in the NFC. Yeah, no, I look, that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, it's just we all know, you know, unless you have the guys at those spots, you're gonna be kind of in that middling range. And and that's that's a concern. And and you know, look, I I think it's such a fascinating discussion because I feel it. Like I'm so conflicted about this. Like I want Jalen Hurts to be the guy. I just watch him, and I don't know. I I feel like he's probably not. There's hopeful stuff. There's things that I like. He's still young. I think he deserves the chance to get more time. But, you know, it's just, I I don't know. I'm really conflicted. Here's a fun fun exercise. Yeah, please. Let's go through the teams I just talked about and say, would you rather be the Eagles or them? Okay. So moving forward, you're talking about not for, like, this season. Because I do think, I I think the Vikings are a better football team this year, but I wouldn't necessarily want to be the Vikings over the Eagles. So we're talking moving forward. Okay, good. Yeah, go ahead. We're taking, like, long term. Right, the Saints. I think you'd probably rather be the Saints. I would rather be the Saints strictly just because of Sean Payton. Like, they have a Sean good Payton, too, and I, I think, think. Th- their roster is really good with young, like, still, like, not super old talent. But, I mean, that defense is is super legit. I, I just think they're more talented across the board. And, and yes, I trust Sean Payton more than I trust Nick Sirianni. All right, the Panthers. Um, So, I do like Matt Rule, as you know. But, look, I, I, I don't know. I think I'd probably rather be the Eagles. I think that one's close, but I'd probably rather be the Eagles. I think that one's close too. I it's think it's close. The, I don't know for sure that I would rather be the Eagles. I really, I have to really like analyze that. I, I don't the know the cap the situation stock. and all that. And yeah, the draft stock was what made me lean Eagles, but it's close. Yeah, I, I mean, and McCaffrey, you know, he can't really stay healthy. And if they don't have McCaffrey, like, who else are you really super afraid of on that team? Well, DJ but, Moore is really good, but I know what you mean. You need a quarterback he, to yeah, get him. He didn't look that great against the Eagles, but all right, um, the Vikings. This is a tough one. Um, yeah, they're loaded on offense. Yeah, I mean, and like, they have a better quarterback, Justin Jefferson, and you know that alone. I don't like the coach though. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I think Zimmer is not great. Um, I don't know. Uh, push. Um, quick side note. I think Kirk Cousins is a quarterback 
no one's talking about that the Eagles could go after next year. Ooh. Like, could be available, fits the Sirianni offense, yeah. similar to like Philip Rivers and just a stand back pocket thing. I just, how we really liked them. I wouldn't want it. I'm just saying. I would, I will, my official statement on Kirk Cousins, let me give you an earmuffs. One, two, three, fuck now. That is my official statement on Kirk. Cousins. I agree. I think he's I'm fine. I think Cubs. he's probably, you know, underrated from the people who think he stinks. He doesn't stink and all that, but like the guy's just not like he doesn't get it done. I mean, what's he's it? He's like the, a perennial six seed. Like yeah, we well, they flashed about, like, his records. Who is it? It's like, it's like six and eighteen in primetime games. He's like eight and forty against winning teams. Like all those things. Like I know it can be like somewhat, you know, uh, um, you know, did beat the Saints misleading. In the playoffs, he did. Which is impressive. He did. That was a nice win. But for the most part, his his big game moments are lacking. So I. I I would, you know, I'd be, I would not want Kirk Cousins as the answer. All right, so, so, so far you said the Saints, not the Panthers, but that was close. All these are going to be close, yeah. but the Vikings, where are you leaning? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess. I'd rather man, they have a lot of talent, but just that coach and quarterback I, I just don't like, do it for me. Yeah, and I also think they're, you know, kind of an their GM's uh, kind of an idiot too. The important people are are in um are are older, you know. So I don't know. I, I think you could make an argument it's the Eagles because of the draft stock for sure. All right, just pick one for fun so we can move on. All right, I'll go uh Eagles for you. Buddy. All right, so two. The 49ers. Uh, I'd rather be the Niners. Uh, again, it's a Trey Lance question, but you know, I like Shanahan a lot more than you do. I'm gonna, I like John Lynch too. Gonna give that guy a chance to figure it out with Trey Lance. All right, so that's two of them. The Falcons. Um, I think I'd rather be the Eagles. You know, no answer at quarterback. Arthur Smith, not as impressive as I thought, though they've won a few games. You know, I love Kyle Pitts. Um, I think I'd probably pick the Eagles there. Seahawks. I mean, you got to, I mean, as of now, the Seahawks because of Russell Wilson. Right, because of Russell. All but, right, so you know, who knows? He might not be there, so I don't know. So that's three. But at least you have the asset sure, of trading him. Sure, sure. So that's three. All right, I'm going to name the last four and just stop me. Bears, Washington, Giants, Lions. So none of the last three. The Bears, I think there's an argument for because of Justin Fields and because they too are going to have a, a high draft, two high draft picks next year. Not well, no, three. they traded their pick away. Remember? They what? No, they, they, they got... traded their pick to the Giants to move up. Oh, I'm thinking of the Giants having their pick. Yeah, the Giants have an idiot. Extra pick. I'm an yeah. idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. You're not an idiot, buddy. Oh, uh, that well, that was a dumb one. I'll give you that. So, um, yeah, losing their pick hurts. Uh, I mean, I think it comes down to what you. Th- I mean, I'm Maggie. I think will be gone. I don't think that's an issue. Um, so you have a, a new coaching staff. Is I the do idea. like Fields. Uh, fields. It comes down to Fields. I like Fields. Like if I had to, if you're saying start a quarterback with one of these guys, I would take Fields over Hurts. So, you know, I'm I'm torn on that one. I, st- I still think I'd take the Eagles because I don't like – I think Ryan Pace is, is a bad general manager. Yeah. And as of now, Nagy's their head coach. So, you know, you got to kind of factor that in. But um, it's a closer one than you would think. But I, I guess I'd take the Eagles. But I do like Fields. Would you still take the Lions coaching staff over the Eagles coaching staff? <laughs> Just checking in on that one. All right. By so, the way – So, anyway, so we had – so we went through it. If you – do the eight team, the five teams that we definitely said we would take. We're like Eagles are like seventh or eighth, roughly. Depends on the yeah. Vikings was, yeah. which is better than you would have thought coming into the season. Right. So that's kind of my point where I'm saying like making the playoffs doesn't really put them at a severe disadvantage against the people they're competing against. All right. I want to get into this game, but first, download the Park Sportsbook app. Yeah, you know, we always tell you just. We've been having so much fun this season, like betting on football, basketball's back. There's so much action to bet on, obviously. Like live in-game betting is just honestly, like really, you can you if you can can kind of hone this thing and and get a feel for live in-game betting, I, I feel like there's a real 
opportunity there. Like you can get. I think some, that's where the most money. Me there too. To be made. Me too, yeah. man. And you could do these it. These lines the, go crazy. If they you do. track it throughout the game. Like yes, and and if you you know like uh, you know if you're you're watching a game and a team gets down, it's kind of fluky and whatever. But they're down fourteen to three, and you know they're going to win the game. Like you can make some real deal money on these type of things and get some really great odds in situations. The live in game betting is a wild ride. And, of course, you know, uh, you can bet on individual player performances. As we say here, fantasy is lame. So just gamble. Yes, <laughs> that is just the truth. The Although the saddest thing, and the, our coworkers should be embarrassed by this, the fact that we're not dead last in our fantasy oh, league it's unbelievable. is just like, – I couldn't I'm care less about the I'm team. I have the best record in the league, my yeah, friend. I think I'm fifth. I'm yeah, fifth. It's, out, it's, it's ridiculous. All I care about is gambling. Like, right. I don't even care about I, that. I picked up Adrian Peter. Hello? What did you say? Sorry, uh, my microphone cut out for a second. I picked up Adrian Peterson, and like I was like, oh, someone else is going to pick him up, but no one else did. Like, are people even paying attention to this? I, I got Jeremy McNichols. I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Thanks, guys. Sweet. So, yeah, point being, you know what? Gambling is way more fun. It's just more fun. It's so much more fun it's to root for a grown man team. thing to do. It's the grown man thing to do. And you should do it with the Park Sportsbook app. Do it with us. Send us your picks. Do all that stuff. We've been having a blast. We have all kinds of, like, Ned Maddock and Stokes Carr, all our people. Like, we, we love it. You know, Certified we, real ones. Yes, the real ones. We love it. And we would love to interact with you with that stuff, too. So here's the deal. If you, if you sign up now, new customers, you get first bet risk-free up to $500. A $500 risk-free bet. It is a amazing deal. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS that's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your first bet risk free up to $500 your risk free bet is refunded site credit the website has all the details you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER alright Elliot uh, we're going to get to at the end a quick wrap up of the trade deadline obviously not a lot of action carry uh, we'll get to him but um, but Eagles Chargers, look, we've talked about the, the playoff situation for this team right now where it is, again, no matter how you feel about, uh, you know, the team or whether you want what you want from the team, it is undeniable to say that they are absolutely in the race when you look at the rest of the teams as we just did. Yeah. And, and this game is a massive pivot point. Like, it's not a must win because of the way the schedule shakes out. If they could go on a run, you never know. But, but it is a, if they win it, people might start believing type of game. Like, this is the type of game where if they can beat the Chargers at home, I think it could really change the complexion of this season, both for the team, obviously, but also for us and the way we talk about it, the fan base. Like, I think this is a real opportunity for the Philadelphia Eagles to kind of grab the city in a, in a moment where we, we have not at all been grabbed by yep. this team. We've been talking about firing the freaking coach in his first season and all this stuff. Like, they have a chance if they can win this game to kind of have some excitement in this city, Elliot. Well, I think it's an important game for two reasons. And ironically, neither of them are the standings. Like, they <laughs> could lose this game. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you look. All right, so. Oh, yeah, but the rest the, of their schedule. I mean, it's it's easy, man. So the Saints are playing the Falcons, which, you know, they could definitely lose that game, especially with their quarterback situation. The Panthers are playing the Patriots. The Vikings are playing the Ravens. The 49ers are playing the Cardinals. I just knew the Falcons were playing. So, like. You know, they, they all the teams could lose this week and they could be in the same exact spot out one game with eight games to go. So from a standings perspective, it doesn't really matter. But I think it matters for two reasons. And that's one of them that you touched on. I think this is a big like believe in themselves game. If they can go out and beat the Chargers, yes, the city will be in on them. And that really matters for sure. But I think the Eagles will. Re this could be a big boost of confidence. If you go off of smacking the lines around to them beating a 
you know, good Chargers team. I don't think they're a great Chargers team, but a good Chargers team. I think then you really start to get the ball rolling. Honestly, it's like Sirianni said in his postgame speech. Like sometimes it takes one great round to get a fight going and to change the course of the fight. And I think that's what Sunday could be. So I think from that perspective, it's super important. But the other way I think it's super important is, are the adjustments the coaches made going to stick? Is yes. Gannon going to play the same defense against Herbert that he did against Dak, Brady, Mahomes, Carr, like that type of defense? Or is he going to continue to listen to his players, which maybe isn't always the best path, but I think in this case it is. Listen to them, be more aggressive, and, and be more of an attack defense. Will he do that? That's one thing. The other is, are they going to run the ball? Or are they going to get back to being pass happy? So I think, again, from a standings perspective, this game doesn't really super matter. But from the team believing in itself and from showing that it's it's still changed in this these last two weeks, even though one of them was a loss, isn't just a fluke. I think those two things really matter for this game. Yeah, I think they're both really good points. And, and you know, you, I talk a lot about... Um, in this sport in particular, the importance of believing in yourself, believing you could beat the guy in front of you, believing you're going to beat the guy in front of you. So I do think that that from that perspective, I agree. I think that that, you know, that kind of confidence that they could build with this team coming off a, a dominant victory over a bad team, then beating a solid team at home, a team with a good quarterback. You know, they haven't done that yet this year. Um, and how about just winning a game at home? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, the kind of one of the weird things of this season is that the Eagles are three and five and yet have yet to win a game at home is a strange kind of like aspect of this season. Do you have any idea why that is, by the way? And I'll get back to my thoughts, but, but I, I just, I, I don't really know what to make of it. I know they've had a, a tougher schedule at home. You know, they've had to play the chiefs. They've this had to play the have, Niners. Yeah. yeah. So far I'm saying, um, but, but what do you make of the fact that they, they've yet to win at home still? So it kind of, t- you know, Quick, like, silly side note, it do- I think it does tie into why I think they don't play well under the sun and they play better at night or in a dome. It's just because I feel like all their games at home are at 1 o'clock. Like, but this one is not. No, but I feel like not. in general, I'm always watching this team lose a 1 o'clock game at home. And one of the reasons I think they're bad at home is I think there's more pressure at home. Like, we, we started the pod by saying this. Like, you're the biggest go-birds guy there is, and even you kind of want the team to lose yeah, a little that's, bit. That's like, a really you know, interesting point. You know, like, I think the people in the stands are mad at the team. And let's be honest, they're really just mad at Howie. Like, this team, these, this fan base is mad at Howie, and Howie is the face of the Eagles. Like, yeah, they think Sirianni's doing a bad job, but, like, no one, like, hates Sirianni. Like, he he's a very likable guy, all those things. I think people are furious at Howie, and I think that comes across at the home stadium. A, and the people that are there, and B, like, look, I've covered, you know, every Eagles home game for the last whatever years— I've never seen more opposing fans in the stands than I have this year. Like that's a I really people... good point, Elliot. A- a- every game, you're right. The Chiefs, yeah. like you could see it. You can even see it on TV. Like the Niners game, there are a bunch the of Bucks. Niners fans there. We've had multiple. We've talked about on the pod where we've had multiple uh, instances of Jalen Hurts having to try and quiet the home crowd down. Yeah, which is crazy. And, I, and I'm not saying this is a shot at the fans. What I'm saying is. The level of frustration with this team has reached a point where people are selling their tickets and people are mad at it. Like when the Eagles play at home, they are fighting off a wave of frustration where when things go bad, like people get upset quickly. Whereas I think on the road, you know, they're more like they're expecting it. They're, they, they're you know, they're playing in front of a different fan base. So I, I do think that's part of why they're not good at home. No, it's a, it's a really fascinating, you know, thought on why this could be happening again. Like we said, look, they're. They've played some easier teams on the road too, which certainly helps and all that. But 
Um, yeah, it's it's really fascinating, and, and I hope that, that it can kind of turn around this Sunday because to what we were just talking about, it is um, it is just it's it's kind of exciting to have like a game that I'm this excited for. You know that I'm this that I'm this. Yeah, at four o'clock, it'll be right? dark for like, the second half. Like, like it feels like you know for the last year and a half, essentially. I know that we have to wait a, a, a half of this game to officially be halfway through this season, but for the last year and a half of football games, like. It sucked. Like the vast majority yeah. of time, other than some moments, like the Atlanta game was super fun. Last week was pretty cool. You know, obviously last year that that Saints game with Jalen, like there are a few moments, um, but for the most part, like every Sunday or the few Mondays have just been a bummer and it hasn't been fun. And we haven't gone into games with real excitement, with real hope. And yeah, while like, I'm excited to do the pregame, that's show. what I mean. Like, like I'm excited to do our show on Saturday. I'm excited to talk about this game. And, you know, that alone is exciting. I just I just am nervous that we're going to, you know, kind of get our excitement up this whole week, get back into it, and then we get, you know, a, a, another Eagles dud, you know? so it is. Yeah, whatever, though. It's better to be excited and I agree. be up for it. I don't know. The thing I is, agree. is a good way to live life. I like, agree. I agree. Be, be, be excited when you can be excited. I agree with that. Um, yeah. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I forget my point, so you go ahead. <laughs> See, I was just gonna say, you know, it just—it really is a big game. Like, it really is a game that that has stakes. We have not had I a ton of Eagles games that had stakes, and this has stakes. Here would be my advice to Sirianni, Nick, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are. Take the ball. Ooh. If you like, if you're if you win the toss, take the ball. Don't put the defense out first. Don't give the Chargers a chance to go right down the field. I like this. take the ball. And run it and set the tone for the day. I think too often giving the ball up to start has been a bad look for this team. And I think now that they're more run heavy, I think starting the game by running the ball, feeding off the crowd, my advice, take the ball. I think that's a – look, I'm generally a defer guy. Like I almost always want my team yeah, to defer. Yeah, advantageous. Yeah, but, but I don't think that's a bad call. Uh, in this spot, especially at home, you know, if the, if the Chargers come out and Herbert just, you know – does what it seems like every other good team has done to them that very first drive and really most of the games, you know, and just kind of picks them apart and walks down the field, that crowd could turn quick. It's a great point, Elliot. So I yeah. do think, and and to the flip side, not only could, you know, a, a, a nice start offensively get the crowd going, like a running the ball start, like at home. Oh like, my God. Yeah, so you could like really get the crowd into the game. I actually think that's a great call. And And look, I mean, we know we joke around like, you know, and not it's not just joking. Like, we hope they've learned from their mistakes and they're going to run the ball more and they're going to be more aggressive on defense and all that stuff. But, like, this week, I mean, the Chargers are the worst run defense in football by the numbers. Like, you, you freaking better run the ball this week, Nick. Like, yes. Like, not even, you know, whatever. Like, run the freaking ball. So, um, so I was thinking uh, about it's exciting. the coin toss. I was thinking about the coin toss thing and how it could be viewed as an example of, like, where Nick doesn't get to make the call. Like, analytics say you defer. Yeah, like, that's you get true. some extra, you know, all those things, right? So this is side note, but I'm interested for your opinion on it. Do you think Eric Wilson being cut and playing fewer snaps is a good example of how he letting the coaching staff make decisions? I don't know. That's his guy. Like, no, it is. It is. It could be. I mean, you could interpret it that way. It could also be a, you know, this guy's not going to play. So why is he here? Type of thing. I don't know. But it is. Look, it is. It is. It's embarrassing for how he it is quickly it. admitting a mistake, and I do think that is a a positive sign. Absolutely. Yeah, that's Absolutely. it. That no, it's, it's a fair point, and, and we should have mentioned it. See Eric Wilson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that one did not work out. Dude, um, his track record signing linebackers, it's pretty amazing. It's, like, I get they it's, don't and drastic. It's unbelievable. But... It's unbelievable. You know, 
And look, Davion Taylor, I'm not going to say, you know, that guy's still got a long way to go from a growth standpoint. Who knows? I'm not going to, you know, indict him or whatever. But, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty wild, the lack of uh, ability to, you know, analyze that position that the Eagles have had. Um, all right, I, we'll make our pick for the game quickly before we get out of here. I wanted to just touch on the trade deadline. Obviously, you know, the Eagles made a couple trades, the Ertz and the Flacco one, but prior to the deadline, you know, prior to deadline day, on deadline day, um, they make one move, a cornerback, Kerry Vinson, kind of a weird one, giving up a sixth for a seventh-round pick last year who hasn't played at all. I don't know. You know, they must have just really liked him last year. And not yeah, I don't think it's a huge deal. It's not. Way. It's not. It's just weird. Um, yeah. but, but but I think in a bigger uh, you know kind of story was was the Fletcher Cox talk and the the real stuff where you know when Jay Glazer on trade deadline day is putting out Eagles are are getting calls about Fletcher Cox like that's real you know they didn't end up trading him he put out the Eagle you know Philly forever and all that and whatever but like they were talking about it at least what do you make of that whole situation especially when you take into account you know the kind of you know. Um, what's where I'm looking for? Um, uh, you know, Fletcher Cox kind of being a little disgruntled lately. Certainly yeah. talking about Gannon, the, the second play where he walked off the field. Like, you know, there's been a few instances where Fletcher has maybe not been as psyched as in the past to be here. Uh, what did you make of that whole situation on trade deadline? So I think a lot of times with these trade rumors, like there is for real bad blood and both sides try to portray it as, as there's not. Like either the team wants to trade a guy badly and the player's not happy about that, or the player definitely wants out, and the team, you know, isn't thrilled about that. I think in this case, it's actually, like, an instance where both would have been okay with either outcome. I think the Eagles definitely wanted to trade Fletcher Cox to a team that would pay them, a lot, you know, a second-round pick or whatever, a second- or third-round pick. Realistically, those teams were only going to be contending teams. No team rebuilding is trading for Fletcher Cox. I think Fletcher Cox would have been happy to stay here or would have been happy to move on to a contender like, you know, Zach Ertz did, right? So I think that it was an instance where I'm sure they were in communication. Uh, Fletcher is like, you know, Howie's literal poster child, like, you know, of a good draft pick he made that's turned into a great player. And so I think that I'm sure Fletcher was involved. The fact that he posted the Philly Forever thing shows that it was real and that he was involved in the decision to not be traded. And so I think that had they gotten a good pick for him, both sides would have split Amicably, amicably, amicably. I just I know the word for some reason. I can't say it. <laughs> amicably. amicably, I think that both sides would have been okay. Would have been okay splitting. And I think that now that they're not, if Fletcher does seem happy to be remaining in Philly, I think the Eagles then don't take the massive cap hit for like a you know fifth or whatever where they had to trade him. And I think it works out okay. I think what this is going to come down to is is Jonathan Gannon still going to be aggressive as a defensive coordinator? If he's not, and he plays that passive type of defense, he's going to have more problems than just Fletcher Cox. Like, the defensive players will not be happy. But if he goes off what he did in Detroit, he continues to listen to the players, I think Fletcher will be happy to be here. So I think it's made sense for them to try to trade him if they could get a second-round pick, and I think not trading him for anything less made sense, too. Yeah, I, I agree with with all of that. And I think, you know, back to the, the all the pivot points of this Sunday's game— I think that's another one, you know, especially going up against a really good quarterback. I got, you know, yeah. we've that's been getting kryptonite this year, right? It's it's letting these, you know, being too afraid of these guys, the Brady's, the Mahomes, the Derek Carrs, all these like legit guys to to pressure, to do anything, the two eye safety, all that stuff, and then you know you're going against Jared Goff, you bring some pressure, it clearly worked. Um, it's going to be fascinating. This is a really big test for for Gannon and and this specific aspect of him is is has he learned is he going to still be aggressive is he still going to kind of 
And, and and we've heard a lot of talk about it. There was a great Bill Belichick quote going around this week talking about, you know, how it's it's so important to never let quarterbacks feel comfortable, especially young quarterbacks. Yeah. To always kind of keep them guessing, always kind of keep them thinking, always kind of keep them on their toes. And, you know, I think that, that this is a real opportunity. Look, Justin Herbert, I love that guy. You know how we, we both do. We both think he's a stud, but he's also a second-year quarterback. He's also someone yeah. you can still kind of confuse. With a four-and-three record. Exactly. And still throw things at and still kind of mess with. So... I think this is a massive game for Jonathan Gannon on Sunday from that perspective. Yeah, I 100% agree. And so, do you want to get into, like, predictions? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Yeah, let's do it real quick, real quick, because we will do the Parks Picks Pod on Saturday. Let's get on the record with tonight's uh, game I got to look the lineup. I'm looking it up as we speak. It is uh, okay. the Jets at the Colts. Last time I looked, it was Colts by 10.5. Let's quickly just confirm. So, it's in Indy. That's it for is, sure. It is it, in, in Indy. Indy. It is in okay. Indy. Here we go. It is uh, Colts by 10 now. Hmm. So I think Mike White is like the new Nick Foles in the way that Zach Wilson's just screwed. Like, just <laughs> give it up, Zach Wilson. You're done. Like, this guy come in, comes in. Everybody loves him. He won the Nickelodeon VP, like, whatever. Like, this guy is Nick Foles, right? He well, seems super likable. Uh-huh. So I think, I think Zach I mean, just, Wilson is done. Just the fact that they're actually talking about, like, ooh, could have a quarterback controversy, or, like, the Jets even said, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, is, yeah. is bleeping crazy. Like, this guy was the second pick in the draft. Like, it is oh, another, wild. Another good comparison. Wild. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good yeah. point. Good point. But, you know, at least with Wentz, Wentz you know, it was like, you know, uh, 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 he wasn't coming back that season with that injury. So, you know, it's it's fascinating. It really is. So I think this game, like, look, the Colts are probably going to win it. I think that, you know, they they blew it, obviously, against the Titans. But I would take the Jets and the points. I can't lay the points with the Colts that many points. Like, no chance. Yeah, no way. Agreed. Especially with the Jets team that's frisky. And now now that we did this, I'm sure the Jets are going to be like, well, we beat the Bengals, and they're going to go out and crap the bed tonight, and, and the Colts will dominate. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm with I you. I don't know. I feel, I feel very good so about So is, is it, at, is it plus 10? It is plus officially? 10. Officially. Okay. All right. I'll write it down. All right. Now let's get to the Eagles. Um um, Eagles, uh, the line's been moving, you know, um, it's, it's pretty crazy when, uh, you know, I think it came out, it opened at three on Sunday and, uh, and ever since then has been moving the Eagles way as of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are a one and a half point underdog at home against the Chargers. Mm. So it's basically who wins the game. Um, Elliot, you go first. So to me, I think that there's a perception. I think that's also really happened when they beat the Chiefs that the, the Chargers are like a really good team. And I think we're finding out that the Chiefs are actually kind of beatable. And the, the Chargers are good. Like, I'm not diminishing the Chargers. But I don't think they're like a juggernaut that if you beat them, it's a super, like, oh, wow, I can't believe you beat the Chargers. Like, they're a beatable team. They're 4-3. and three. They've lost two in a row. I think Brandon Staley is now running into his kind of rookie, you know, tough spot that Sirianni's already gone through. Um I looked at Pro Football Focus, and Pro Football Focus ranks them in thir- the teams in 13 different categories. So, like overall, you know, combining everything, offense, defense, uh, all those things. The Eagles were there was 13 categories. The Eagles were ranked higher in overall, overall offense, overall defense, receiving, running, pass blocking, run blocking, run defense, tackling, pass rush, and special teams. The only two areas the Chargers ranked higher in were passing, so essentially the quarterback. In coverage. That's it, right? So to me, it comes down to Jalen Hurts doesn't, he doesn't have to outplay Justin Herbert. He just can't let Herbert 
extremely outplay him. Like there are going to be four or five moments in the game on Sunday where Hertz has to make the throw, like flat out has to make that throw. And it comes down to, do I believe he'll make them? Do I believe that? And I'm torn, but you know what? For one more week, I'll give him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I do think they'll run the ball. I do think the defense will be more aggressive and they've been good in the red zone. Surprisingly, I looked this up. The Eagles are something like fifth or sixth in the league in touchdown conversion rate in the red zone. If Jalen Hurts can just be that 5% better for one week, I think they can win the game. And I think they will. So I'm wow. going to take the Eagles to win the game. Yeah. I, uh, I, the pro football, I mean, that's whatever. It seems insane to me, but I, it is interesting. Well, they watch every game. Uh, so. Yeah, I know. PFF, you know, when they're when they're good for your team, we like them. When they're bad for your team, we hate them. Um, I, that is how it is. It yes. is how it is. Um, I want the Eagles to win. I will be wholeheartedly rooting for them, and and actually not even like a you know conflicted thing. Like I want them to win this game. I want this to be interesting. I want there to be a season. I think that you know it really does get interesting if they win this game. It just feels to me like like kind of the phenomenon we've talked about many times in the past of of on Monday, you know, not thinking they're going to win. And then by the time we get to Friday, everyone's picking them against yep. the Chargers and coming off just beating the Lions. So um, I-, I want them to win. I'm rooting for them. I'm going to pick the Chargers. The, the last thing I'll say is, and, you know, I think like this narrative sometimes is like, oh, they really, they really want this game. Like every team wants to win every game. We're early enough in the season. The teams we're talking about, they all want to win. The Chargers will be no more motivated to win than the Eagles are. But if I'm Nick Sirianni, like, I really want this one. Like, the, if, if you look at the head coaching hires, nobody's been propped up more by the media than Brandon Staley, and rightfully so. Like, he says really good, impressive things at the podium. Nobody's been dragged more than Sirianni, and to a certain degree, rightfully so, too, right? He said some silly things at times, and he's earned that. But if I'm Sirianni, beating Brandon Staley would be a major feather in my cap in terms of being like, you know what? Like, he's not the way better head coaching prospect. He's not the way better head coach. And so I think for the team that Shades does re- of Peterson and McVeigh. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, right? So I, I think like Sirianni will be super motivated to win this game. And I don't think it's an edge or whatever, but I just I think that's something to consider going in. Yeah, and you know what? One thing that, you know, I will uh and I don't know moving forward and all that, but I will give you credit for kind of you know, being on the other side of I know we did, you know, everyone crazy about the the flower thing and all that, and I still hold true to what we said, but I do think it matters that Jason Kelsey, you know, ends that huddle in the locker room after the win, you know, saying, yeah. let's keep it growing, you know, roots on three. Like, I do think that matters. Like, I think that that shows that those guys are, are for whatever else is going on, that they're at least in on Nick, like, to a certain level, that they like that guy, that they, you know, wanted to, to you know, show that, that him getting ripped like that is stupid and whatever, so... I did. I did appreciate that. It made me feel better about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. I think it's a big game for Nick. I think it's going to be fascinating. And again, I really hope they win. I, I can't predict it, but I, I don't think it'd be crazy. Like I certainly think they have a shot. I think it'll be a good game. Um, and, and the honestly, one and a half point line says it all. Yeah, like, it's it's exactly. Pickle, it, so. it is. You know, honestly, I, I, and, and I, honestly, it's not Nick. I'm worried about as much. Like I, I think he will run the ball. I think he will. I think you know, as you pointed out, the penalties, the discipline, that stuff's gotten better. I'm worried about Gannon. I'm worried about Gannon against Herbert. I think ultimately, like, that could be their downfall. But, look, it's going to be fascinating, and I can't wait to see if things change. Yeah, I mean, I I think it comes down to, like, Herbert versus Hurts. Like, whenever we pick these games all the time, I almost always pick it by quarterback. And, like, Herbert's the better quarterback. But his hand is hurt. Like, so he just – 
hers just has to be like close, just close. And I think they can win the game. I love it. I hope they do. All right. You got any final thoughts? <sighs> um, no, nice. I've been disappointing with the final thought. Oh, I did start squid games actually. And oh. so here's, here's how it would rank so far. The games that I would feel the most confident. Oh, I like so this. I'm, okay, go ahead. I'm like four episodes in, so I haven't seen all the games. Uh-huh. So I've seen Red Light, Green Light. Uh-huh. I've seen the Honeycomb game where they have to like, yep. you know, pull yep. the little thing out. I would be out. horrible at that. I'd be dead in a second. Well, first of all, like the umbrella is easily the hardest. Oh, of unbelievable. All of oh, it's so unfair, you know? And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I think we're past the point of spoiling to a certain degree. Listen, it's early real on. Like, quick, we're at the end of the pod. We've only got a minute left. If you haven't watched Screen Games and you're going to, just turn it off. Go ahead. Yeah. We're cool with okay. it. So, like, I can't believe that licking the back of it worked. Yeah. Well, it makes sense when you think about it, right? Like that. Kind of. I mean, of course, why, why would the whole it's thing sugar. just get soggy, though? Well, wood, it, I'm sure it was more soggy than before, but it's still hard enough that if you lick it like that, it's going to to decrease. There is that little divot. You know, there is a way to get that piece out. And by licking it, you weaken the connection there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yes, I the rest of it would be little... softer too, but I think it was clearly shown, even when he broke it, that you, it would be, you know, you have to lick that for days to get it to the point where it would, or hours and hours and hours to get to the point where it would like fall apart or anything. Yeah, I just didn't really believe in that part. And then I saw the tug of war one, and I feel like there was another one I'm not thinking of. There the was marbles. Did you get to marbles? I didn't get to marbles, no. Okay. Well, so marbles the tug of war one. I thought the idea to step forward was like brilliant. It was genius. It was genius, right? Um, I thought I also that whole knew- thing, minus the fact that like the guy's talking for like way longer than that elevator ride would have been. That was my only issue with it. But yeah. I thought that whole scene, the whole way they did it, the way they ended, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was so good. Um, so yeah, so I think if I had to rank them, like I'm still very confident in red light, green light. I feel like you wouldn't have to run super fast to make it. You in would just time. go like slow. That's the key is walk. Just walk, right. walk, walk, just stop, walk, walk. And yep. then just stop. Yep. Right. So I think that one, obviously tug of war is like, it's tough because it's based off it's opponent. dependent. Yes. I mean, and who's on your team and all that. But I think that the honeycomb one, I think I agree with you, like would be super difficult. Like I would definitely break it. Yeah. I'm just, that is not made for me. Like I am. Not a you know, uh, a pinpoint uh, right. detail. And I type don't have of good guy. patience. Like I would be like, all right, yeah, let's crack exactly. it. Exactly. Whereas... Me too. Me too. So I would be. I but I do think that. one thing that would help both of us is, and I think just kind of with our job, like neither of us get like rattled. That's you true. You know, like I feel like we'd be good being calm, but I, I don't think. Uh, I think it'd be very tough. Yeah, I mean, it's also a difference between being calm when you're talking to a microphone, and being calm when someone's holding a gun to your head. Yeah, right? it's a little. <laughs> all right, but I, I started the show watching it with like. Uh, American like a dub like dubbed mm-hmm. um, because I was eating and I kept having like look down and let me tell you it is so much better with subtitles Thank than you. it is dubbed. Like, that's why I did the PSA on so here. Th- that's why I did it. I was like it is like a, a drastically better show without the dub. Well, it sounds it, like it sounds like like someone's making fun of the show. Yeah, to me. it's so oh. silly. It's like rawr, rawr. it's like so over the top and so like it's like those old yep. movies where it's like a joke the dubbing like look at the monster you know like whatever. <laughs> So, very yeah. with you. Happy you Sorry, Mike cut out for a second. I didn't it's mean to good. cut you off. There. No, we're good. Anyway, um, I'm no, with what? you. People should watch Squid Games. It's it's super fun. Um, and uh, and we'll be back Saturday, uh, 1 to 3 on WIP. Check us out there. Call in. And uh, and the Parks Picks Pod later in the week as well. My final thought is, is a simple one. And it's one that I don't get to do that often because I haven't been as excited about these games. But go birds, baby. That's my there final thought. He's Elliot M. James. We'll talk to you guys soon.